Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Welcome, and this is the Spirit Seeker Hour brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Spirit Seeker Magazine has been uh, in print for 18 years, and we've been published online with a national edition for 16 of those years. You can read the magazine each and every month at www.spiritseeker.com. We also have an email newsletter that lets you know about the weekly radio show and when the uh, magazine is online and other mind, body, spirit events throughout the U.S. We uh, invite you to be a a member of our online community by sending us an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com. We do not sell our list. We just, um, it's very sacrosanct and, you know, we don't, you know, you will hear about other events other than Spirit Seekers, but you won't all of a sudden get a deluge of many other uh, emails from other people. So I want to just make a couple of announcements and then I will will be going straight into our show uh, today. And the announcements are that Spirit Seeker is moving into a new sister market. We've been a print magazine in the Midwest, Chicago, Kansas, City, St. Louis, and Little Rock for um, the last 16 years, but we, in some of those cities, have not been the whole time. St. Louis was the the mast of the the beginner. Anyway, we're going into Seattle, Washington, and we're really excited about this endeavor, and we will be doing pilot cities uh, as a print magazine, primarily in high-profile, visible markets. and we're working out details, so I don't want to say too much. But um, but then once we have established the uh, the readers, rather than doing franchises, we are going to then um, bring everyone on board with the online publishing, which is where it's going. They are predicting within the next five to six years, you know, very little will be in print and everything will be online. So we're we're keeping with the predictive trends, and we are continuing to grow our readership. So if you know of someone in the Seattle area that you think would be uh, so grateful for all that the, the wonderful people who contribute the articles, et cetera, to Spirit Seeker, just by all means, you know, send us uh, an email introduction or whatever, and we'll work it out. Okay, so some, some of the places where you will find Spirit Seeker in addition to our regular cities is that we will be at the Bhakti Fest in Madison, Wisconsin, June 20th through 22nd. We're a sponsor of that event. We will be at the Body Mind Spirit Expo in Chicago on June 7th through 8th, and we will have a booth, and I will actually be speaking at that event. We will also be at the... Um, Transformational Conference in Springdale, Arkansas. That's uh, the same uh, weekend. This is by Dolores Cannon. We will have the magazine there June 20th through 22nd. We also have a wonderful conference coming up. It's an international conference that will be in Chicago. Uh, in uh, It's the Conscious Living World's Fair, and that is in August. We will also have magazines at the uh, upcoming Awakening Awaken Whole Life Centers events in Unity, and we will have magazines at the ISM, the International Society for the Subtle, uh, I'm sorry, International Society for the Study of Subtle Energy and Energy Medicine. Um, this is their 22nd annual conference, and we will have magazines at that event, and that is in Kansas City at Unity Village. So as you can see, we are a mecca, we are a, uh, a, a an online community and a print magazine community to raise consciousness throughout the U.S. and out into the world. Okay, and this radio show reaches a lot of people. We get the stats, and we're just so grateful for all of you who have been listening. Um, and each each show is archived, which is the beauty of having a, a radio show in the blog format. So it becomes, uh, you know, an iTunes app the minute it's done. You can download it. You can email the link to anyone, you know, that you think would benefit. And, you know, we we also know that the listeners a lot of times are listening when it's convenient for them. And I get emails all the time saying, this is my spiritual food these days. Thank you so much. We do not charge for the show. It's just a beautiful gift to um, to all. Okay, so today, now we're finished with all the announcements. Don't forget, email to info at spiritseeker.com to be added to our email list. 
Today, we have Elizabeth Summers as our guest. She is a professional numerologist whose passion is the world of numbers, and um, she works with a person's name, their birth date. Um, she looks at patterns, cycles, and symbols that are found through the numerology. Um, she offers uh, her readings offer psychological as well as spiritual interpretation. She um, she knows all kinds of things. She's worked with the Hebrew Kabbalah system. Um, I'm I'm going to just stop and bring Elizabeth on because she knows a lot and she is the expert. So Elizabeth, welcome and thank you for being a guest on my show today. Thank Hello? you so much for oh. having me. Oh gosh, so Elizabeth, you know. Let's just let's just start from the beginning. When you were a little girl, did you notice numbers on license plates? Did you notice numbers, or did this? How did this passion with numbers come about? Not at all. I didn't notice anything. I was an artist, and I didn't notice anything. In fact, mathematics was my worst subject. Uh, and uh, today, if I don't have a calculator and it goes past my fingers and toes, then we're in big trouble. So I would. <laughs> say that it wasn't until 1988 that when I was far from my teenage years, 1988, all of us went through what is called the harmonic convergence, and I became curious as to uh, metaphysics. I was a little tired of the rubrics of organized religion and began dabbling, if you will, but really a curiosity into metaphysics and reading about that and working through the different tools, the tarot, I studied the tarot, I studied runes, I went to psychic uh, fairs, I, you know, you name it, I was there. And one day I was in my, uh, uh, having a personal reading, a channeling reading with a, um, a Dan Chisbo who belonged to the Order of Melchizedek, and was traveling through town doing channeling readings. And amidst that channeling, personally, a guide came through, a spirit guide came through, and said to me, now you need to begin your numerology work. And I tell you, Cindy, I had not a clue what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And it was that channeler that gave me the title of a book, that pulled together everything that I had been studying up to that point. The the numerology, the astrology, the tarot, and I'm an esoteric numerologer, which is a specialty of mine that says I go a lot deeper into people's lives and their past lives and their tools and their influences and their karma that you're coming in here all based on what the ancients have taught us. You know, it's it's interesting. I, my first exposure to numerology was in the early 80s. I um, had driven to the uh, ARE, Area, Area for Research and Enlightenment, which is, is the uh, Edgar Casey Foundation in Virginia Beach. And there was a speaker there that I just felt drawn to, and I was going through my own personal uh, quest at that time and and I really you know numerology was not part of the trip I you know I just wanted to go and experience you know the Edgar Casey Foundation etc but they that the the members of ARE rent rooms out and so I rented a room for like $35 a night and you know and that was really a wonderful experience because I don't there were just so many people in the community and they all got together in the evenings and so there was this guy doing numerology and he had me give him his name, give him my name, and I gave him my name, and um, and I was single at the time. I, you know, not been married, and he he just was perplexed. He said, "This can't be your name." He said, "I mean, every he said everything I'm reading, it just doesn't vibrate or correlate to who I'm experiencing." Uh, he says, "You're sure this is the name?" And then all of a sudden, I realized that my stepfather had adopted me when I was six, and mm-hmm. so when I went to my name from birth. All the numbers mm-hmm. lined up, and he says, "Okay, that right. totally makes sense." Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, my first exposure, and I mean, and it made total sense when he explained it. And so, so let's talk about let's 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 just you know talk about how the the birth name and then the birth date. Mm-hmm. Just 
wherever you want to go with it because, you know, I know you know so much. And also let's talk about the esoteric numerology. Like I'm familiar with traditional numerology and then Tibetan numerology, but yours is a little different. And so, you know, I, I would love to hear how when you started studying, like if you studied all the systems or if you just felt drawn to the one that just was totally right for you. Well, I started with the traditional Western numerology based on Pythagoras' work that developed 2,600 years ago. Pythagoras, as human, that was his human name, he is actually a highly evolved descended master by the name of Kasumi. And Kasumi came back into human form uh, many times. He's come as St. Francis of Assisi. He's come as Bartholomew the Apostle. This time he was uh, Pythagoras. And when he was incarnated this time, uh, over uh, uh, he and his students traveled the Mediterranean particularly and settled on the island of Samos. They, uh, his focus was on mathematics, yes, of geometry fame, and metaphysics. And he believed that the universe works in patterns and that we, as part of the universe, also have patterns in our lives. And his work uh, developed the codes. I'm sure they had different names for it and different glyphs for it. But we today, in Western numerology, call them numbers one through nine. The numbers have no power. That's the important thing that I want to stress is because people, so many people say, well, how can numbers say anything? And they're simply codes. It's a language to me that I interpret, like French, German, what have you. Now, to me, Pythagoras' work is very psychological, attitudinal, behavioral, very human, whereas I also add into my readings the ancient Chaldean system, which is one through eight codes, and this is fabulous in especially what are called natal readings, blueprint readings, you know, what's it all about, Alfie readings that I do for people. And you know, Cindy, I do everything by hand. Nothing is done on the computer. I don't plug in information and hit a button and out it spits this information. I do four pages by hand on every single client of mine because I'm also a medium, as you know. As I'm finished... I'm able to see the big picture. It's like a puzzle. And this fits into this, and this is why this and that and this. And so the Chaldeans lived in the area of the Mesopotamian Valley. Uh, uh, They were prominent astrologers. And both the Chaldeans and the Pythagoreans developed what are called mystery schools where they taught the spirituality behind these codes. And that is my specialty. So, for instance, in the Pythagorean system, the numbers 1 through 9 are used to get it all over the Internet. And a 6 is a 6 is a 6. It all represents responsibility, love, it's Venus energy, mother, all of that. But in the work that I do and working through all of the formulas that are in these systems, I arrive at a 6. Yes, which is, you know, actually like the basic black dress. But then I also arrive at, is it a 15-6 or is it a 24-6 or is it a 33-6? Every one of those double numbers up to 78 then correlate to the ancient tarot interpretations. So when people have transit reading, calendar readings with me, they are getting a tarot interpretation of their codes as well as the ancients, basic one through nine. That adds such depth to what is going on in that person's life because I'm able to see, is this person focusing as human being issues on emotional self, on heart self, or are they focusing on their work and their career? Or are they sitting in swords, bless their hearts, which is all anxiety and what am I going to do? It's a very mental energy issue, tarot speaking. Or if they're lucky enough, are they sitting in this suit of pentacles, which is about big money, career, real estate? That shows up very rarely in a person's chart. So 
being an esoteric numerologer, says I pull together these ancient spiritual explanations to share with that person who is actually a soul who's decided one more time to have a human being experience in order to spiritually grow. We all get caught up in the human and the emotional in the finances and the externals, and our soul is putting all of that in front of us as learning curves to spiritually grow. Now, I will say some of us are a little bullheaded, and we need to be hit over the head repeatedly with issues in order for us to get it. That shows up in a chart. That shows up in a chart. It's all really exciting. So, Elizabeth, what what have you noticed, like, um, you know, with the trends? Like, you know, I know we had the harmonic convergence in 1988, and people people just woke up. Because I, I can remember, you know, people talking about it and having harmonic convergence parties and study groups and, you know. And, you know, and here we are, not quite 20 years later, but almost, well, no, over 20 years later. Um, and we have the Internet at our fingertips much more so, because the Internet really didn't start – fully until 1994. I mean, it was around, but it wasn't until 1994 that people really started, like, um, tuning in and getting the word out. So so I know you have a blog. I know you have, you know, your own radio show. You do a lot of different things. So your finger is on the pulse of the change more than the average person. What have you noticed lately? What I've noticed lately is an openness. That and and interestingly enough, a lot of openness within the among those souls that are men in this lifetime. I used to be at a psychic fairs, do many readings and what have you, which I really don't do anymore. And when I started back in 1997, the, it was proliferated by women all over the place. But as I finished doing those readings the last couple years, a few years back, it was. Two-thirds women, one-third men. Clearly, one could see male energy becoming more open, more sensitive as men in this lifetime. So what I've noticed is an openness. I, uh, 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 you know, there's not that fear block, generally speaking. I will say there are some cultures that still are fearful, devil's work, et cetera, et cetera. But generally speaking, I would suggest an openness, a willingness to explore. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Well, and, you know, I I think that people are more awake, but I think that also, you know, it's very true. I mean, at one time the majority of the readers were, um, spirit seeker readers were women, but more and more men are getting involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and our last conference, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's, that's the beautiful thing. Every soul chooses prior to birth the sex that they want to be in the upcoming lifetime. They choose their name. They choose their millisecond to be born. I don't want to hear about premature birth and C-sections and do so. I don't want to hear about it because every soul chooses the millisecond to be born. It has to work with where the universe is energetically in that moment of time because the universe is is functioning, energetically functioning, and that soul is working as part of the package with the universe. That's why I include astrology interpretations into my work also because the astrology has to do with the stars in the sky and out there and whatever, My work has to do with the human as it walks the earth plane and its spiritual evolution. And then the tarot is like jewelry on that basic black dress that gives more dimension to it. And so, therefore, souls that are coming and have decided to be males in this lifetime and in the Aquarian age, and as the Aquarian age began to and become more and more and more intense energetically in the universe is when the Internet came in because the Internet is connected to the sign of Aquarius. And therefore, as the Aquarian age began to evolve now more and more, and of course we're in it with two hands and two feet now, uh, uh, it is going to just continue more so. 
and people of my generation are dancing fast, Cindy, to keep up. <laughs> well, and it's interesting. You know, I noticed, you know, uh, well, we talked, obviously, before this interview, and you contributed an article um, to Spirit Seekers May issue. So, listeners, you can read that at spiritseeker.com, and Elizabeth is going to be one of our new um, monthly contributors. And one of the things that we both laughed about is the fact that, you know, Wayne Dyer, all the books that that man has written – have all been done by hand. He writes them by hand. And then, I mean, his kids just gave him an iPad, and he finally is kind of using that for email, but he still scribes his his work by hand. And, and I mean, I'm sure people have said, oh, Elizabeth, you could cut your time in half if you just get this, pro- and you're, <laughs> this program or that program, but that's not how you do it. No, and the, and the reason for that is, and when people come to my own radio show, The Magical World of Numbers, I say to them, have pencil, preferably pencil, not pen. Pencil has lead in it, which is an earth element, better for conducting spirit energy down to the earth plane. And when I do everything by hand, I am actually moving spirit energy through me, activating the intellectual that I know, but it is also an opportunity for my higher self to connect to the spirit world to see who this person is. And I'll tell you, Cindy, by the time I am finished with four pages on my desk, it's like a hologram. I feel that person's issues in front of me. And sometimes I must honestly say, especially in the transit readings, I say a little, oh, my goodness, because uh, I'm Aries and we're kind of say it like it is, people. I pray for prudence because the person has perhaps a very difficult year in front of them and I need to share with them that information and I don't want to scare them the heck out of them. But I give you the information and I also strongly suggest how to handle the transit. Everything comes and goes. You know, nothing is permanent except God. Comes and it goes, comes and it goes. And in the work that I do, I'm able to tell people what it, because we go in nine-year cycles, patterns. That's the patterns that Pythagoras is talking about. And every year, this is the transit reading, every year within a nine-year cycle, first of all, the nine-year cycle has an over two overriding issues that it takes like nine years to go plowing through would be nice to know what they are and then secondly I point out what year that person is in within that nine-year cycle to help them understand there are years when it's you do nothing I mean it's a kickback sabbatical year it can be an ending year it can be a year of new beginnings new start it can be a major transitional year well wouldn't it be helpful to understand what technically your year is so that as your soul creates emotional and environmental situations in your life that's going on, you get it. Oh, that's what she's talking about. Okay, fine. And it begins and it ends here, there, and everywhere. And while I'm on that subject, there are two schools of thought in numerology. And one is based on the calendar January to December. My work as an astrology is based on birth month of one year to birth month of the other year. That is the touchdown energy of the soul, just like a solar year in astrology. My work is 5,000 years old, 2,600 years old. Our calendar, what, was developed in 800-something other by some pope who wanted a monk to create a calendar in order to put order into the Roman Empire. Forget that. So therefore, know that the cycle in a person's life energetically goes from birth month of one year to birth month of the other year. But the very cool thing is this. Three months before, uh, for instance, August, if a person is born in August, three months before August, so we back it up, July, June, hello, May. Their new year issue begins to creepy crawl into their life. Like a coffee pot that's been plugged into the wall and it's circulating 
whoop, we don't have coffee until August. But there's that wishy-washy, one issue's ending, another issue's beginning. So I tell my clients, anytime three months before your actual birthday month, give me a call, schedule your reading, because I'll tell you what's on its way. So you're, you're saying, okay, I'm a June 29th. So, um, so you're saying right around March is when I would have started percolating with whatever yes. transit I'm going. And that yes. would make sense because the end of March I was like totally absorbed in completing my uh, 20th, 28th actually Holistic Living Conference in St. Louis, which was on April 6th. So right about that end of uh, – it's so it's – so all of March, I was, like, so busy and focused, you know, like, with that, and then also, you know, my own personal life making changes. Um, that's interesting. And then and then, what do you think about the Saturn return, the 29 years to Saturn return? What is your take on that? Well, I think the first one is the toughie. <laughs> Between 28 and 30, there are really three Saturn returns, but we don't live long enough with the third one. That's around 114 years of age. We're getting there, but not yet. So the Saturn returns, there are two. And the first one is between 28 and 30, and it's fairly major and can be really disruptive. If, for instance, the Saturn, Saturn is a Marine Corps drill instructor in the universe, does not play, totally refocuses, restricts, you know, shape up or ship out, just like boot camp. You're in boot camp. Now, let's take a 300-pounder. If a 300-pounder uh, human goes into boot camp between 28 and 30 energetically, it's going to be hell to pay. They're going to have, you know, the drill instructor is going to get that weight off, but it isn't going to be pretty to reshape them for their highest good and their greatest joy. But if we have someone who up to 28 kept themselves physically in good shape, ate well, made the right decisions and what have you. When they go into boot camp, their first Saturn return, they're not going to experience it perhaps as difficult in adjusting as did that 300-pounder. So the first Saturn return between 28 and 30 is, you know, kids that are screwing around, not going to school, they'll settle down, they'll decide to go to college. If they marry too early, a lot of divorces occur between 28 and 30. No children, babies between 28 and 30. The thing of it is, to understand it's a big adjustment, and I help parents with this, just hold on. I see your child will adjust between 28 and 30. Every soul moves through three major lanes in life. They're called period cycles. From birth to 30, generally speaking, is the first one. And it's called their use years. And the soul energetically replays its behaviors in past incarnations, especially the past incarnations that are closest to this one. And so they can be just like silly little fools sometimes. Those that are born in May, right out of the box, start making changes. Right out of the box. The other ones dilly-dally along a lot of times until they get that pattern return. Saturn returns can be very good, that first one. Really, from 30 to 55 is the most important period cycle. It's in the middle lane of life, and that is ruled by your birth day, number the actual day you were born, and the first letter of your middle name, which is your emotional baggage coming in here. Your birth name by code tells me all about the tools and memories you have accumulated in previous human being existences that are now impacting upon this life. So if the soul theoretically makes changes for its spiritual evolution through emotional situations, then this middle lane of life called your power years is when Pandora's box of issues flips open especially from 37 years of age onward, and the soul bears down and creates emotional, then therefore environmental situations for you and me and everybody else to learn from. This is where the marriage and the divorces are. This is where the personality changes are. This is, what, this is where. From 55 onward to the rest of life, the third lane is called the wisdom years. And it, is, and it is in that third lane of life 
which can, the swing can occur anywhere from 55 to 60. When I do a chart, I can be very specific, but today we're just talking generally. So 55 to 60 for the rest of your life, you're in that third lane of life, ruled by your birth year, floods down on you. And the first letter of your last name, spiritual name, last name spiritual codes coming in here, that someone has inherited from their father's spiritual DNA. It's your tribal name, so to speak. Well, anyway, it is in that third lane of life, between 58 and 60, that the second Saturn return occurs. It's, it, it's like getting out big hedge clippers and clipping away at your life, pruning your life, it's called. Generally speaking, the second one is not, as a human, as severe as the first one. Because we've been through that whole middle lane of life of ups and downs, and now we know that we can survive and we have the experience and this day too shall pass. And so the second one brings just some modifications, but it's very major. Change in relationships. A lot of times people will change locations, move to a new house. They will change relationships. A lot of divorces and separations occur, and it's Saturn return. It is called the pruning of your life. But if a person, as soul, up to that point, has worked on themselves and developed themselves and disciplined themselves and handled their money and their own emotional and financial power themselves, that second one is a cakewalk. Cakewalk. And is the second one, Elizabeth, like, like okay, I know it's 29, and you said um, I never really heard it, like 30 to 30, what did you say, 33? No. From 28 to 30 is the first one. Okay. And then the second one is 58 to 60 then? Correct. Interesting. So what if, hypothetically, someone has spiritually advanced um, and is in that 58 to 60 window, but perhaps there have been a few snafus along the way in one area um, or another, but... Like for, and let me just give you an, an example. Okay, I had a Vedic astrologer uh, look at my chart two years ago when I had fallen, fractured my knee and my ankle in three spots. This lady, I, I mean, and I opted to not do the 12 screws and a plate in my knee. I just, the whole thing was horrific. And so, But I had gone through 10 screws and a plate in my ankle in 2006. So I already knew, what we, you know, I'd already been through a wheelchair experience. This one was even worse. This was like a whole leg that had to be carried around. Um, and, if, and if it didn't heal, a knee replacement on the spot. And, and I just knew full faith that it would heal, and I was fine. So I did that, and I was supposed to have this um, Vedic astrology reading in person, and then, I don't know, for some reason it wound up on the phone. So in the middle of this Vedic astrology, which of course is Hindu, uh, she says, did you have a fall like this in 2006, knowing nothing about me? And I said, as a matter of fact, I did, but how could you know that? She said, it's in your astrology chart. I can see where... Um, you know, where this happened. And she said, and then uh, you have the potential for another one of these in June of 2016. So I'm sitting there flipping out going, what? I said, what are you talking about? How can that possibly be in my chart? And she said, look what happened both times when you had these um, these terrible falls. You, they were terrible. She says, but the good that came out of them was astronomical. She said, you allow people to help you. You're so independent. You normally don't reach out. She said, the whole huge wave of love and support that came in. She says, but now you've mastered it. She said, and now you know that there's this huge wave of love and support that is going to be coming your way again in June of 2016. So she said, when you're exercising or walking, you just need to be more aware that month. Don't do anything where you could lose your balance. You know, stay on a treadmill, stay on a on a bike. And she said, and just know that you've got another huge infusion of love coming your way. Now, isn't that an interesting way of looking? And, you know, and if anyone's you know, you or anyone listening has ever had a broken leg or something like that. It's like pretty life-changing, um, to say the least. And yes, it heals, but it's always still a passage. So I guess my question with all of that is, you know, I'm I'm turning 59 next month, so I'm in my um, second I'm, I'm in my second Saturn passage. What words of wisdom, you know, would you, I mean, you've already shared a lot, but like for me, I had some financial hiccups along the way, and I'm just now finally almost out of them. But 
But mm-hmm. if I hadn't had my spiritual faith, I'm telling you, I don't think I would be even talking about it. I mean, my spiritual mm-hmm. faith is what got me through it all. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple things from what I hear, uh, and, and that is absolutely possible for um, for uh, astrologers where where certain, well, I'm not going to get technical, but certain things are in certain houses that are health houses, and and they're able to calculate that mathematically. What two things that I heard when I heard you talking. First of all, whenever there is damage to a joint, ankle, leg, knee particularly, those physical body parts represent forward motion in life. And so when there is injury to any of those uh, parts of the body, especially the feet, the ankles, the knees, and the hips. It is on purpose by the physical, by the soul, to physically slow the locomotive down. When health is used as a detriment, what appears to us, it is the last resort of the soul. And it happens a lot when, in the work that I do, if a person is under a four-year a 13, 4 year, I tell them, watch your teeth and your bones. If they're in a 5-year, I caution them about it's a 14, 5-year. See, these double numbers are important. Uh, 14, 5-year, it is about, um, care, I caution them about accidents, especially with mechanical things. And then if they are in a 16, 7-year, I really lay it on like whipped cream on strawberry shortcake to slow down your life because many times health will be used in a 16-7 year, not a 25-7 necessarily or a 34-7, but a 7 year is the sabbatical year that says sit down, slow down, and think about things. Now, you are the sign of cancer. You're the sun sign of cancer. And in my opinion, based on the work that I do, the older a person becomes, the more they become their ascendant or their rising sign. They are still Cancerians, which is how you show yourself to the world. And Cancerians went through some significant changes uh, uh, several years back because Saturn totally different formula was sitting in the sign of cancer for a couple years and was really restructuring cancer and cancerians are little love buckets they want everybody to be happy and so (laughs) they they give their energy away you know they pour their water from their well onto everybody else and nurture and nurture and nurture and what happens based on my years of experience doing this is that the soul will shut them down forcing them through physical ailments to learn to receive. And that was your lesson. Yeah, and it worked. I mean, it, it, it did work. I mean, I am, I am just different, you know, and it's, it's funny. Um, my, my rising is Taurus, and a lot of people look at me more of a Taurus because of just the way the willpower and the way I get things finished. But but I, I thought about it yesterday when I was, you know, it was Mother's Day and uh, my two sons were over helping me. And I said, do you remember two years ago on Mother's Day, I was driving the cart through Lowe's, going and still getting everything that I, you know, want, needed for my gardens. And I said, and you guys planted everything for me and did everything. And, and my son says, that can't, can't have only been two years ago. I'm like, oh, yeah, in two years my life has changed so much. and it And it took... Well, I don't know if it took, but it, but sometimes I, it takes a lot for me to slow down. And yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but I but I'm different and, now from it, and you know I'm that's stronger. Right. Yeah. So, but now, I think that, you know, bullheads. Tars yeah, are bullheads. With all due respect to you, tars <laughs> are bullheads, and they don't like change, and they dig their heels in, and they absolutely are very grounded and practical and want everything to be this and that and the other thing. And not to interrupt you, but I want to tell you one yummy thing about Taurus. Anyone who's Taurus, rising sign, moon sign, a little bit, but mostly sun sign and rising sign. The last new moon we had in April, the wonderful new moon in April was in Taurus. 
and it was sitting in Taurus's second house of great financial influence. And eclipses have a six-month energy field. And so Tauruses are really looking at their lives in a very practical way, in money way, financial way, house-wise, improving the house around. It was a really good new moon for all Taurus. Well, and it's ruled by Goddess Lakshmi, and Goddess Lakshmi is always all about abundance. And yeah, we had the the lunar eclipse in 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 May. Um, I'm sorry, in April, the lunar eclipse on the full moon, and then we had the solar eclipse. And now this week, we have the full moon in Scorpio, which is, you know, all about transformation. My moon's in Scorpio, so you can be laughing at the end of this phone because <laughs> I know you know Scorpios on a dime can change things if there's a better way to do it. You know, which, you know, thank goodness yeah. I have that to, to go to go with the Taurus, you know, and the Cancer Cancers, like, are loyal to a fault, so are Tauruses, and, you know, sometimes you need to change things. I mean, it's just as simple as that, and, well, but I didn't realize bless your it was. <laughs> bless your heart, because also, and I apologize for interrupting you, but I'm just so excited to tell you all these things at the time we have a lot it, and all of our listeners, but Saturn is in Scorpio, and has been for the last year and a half. Do you know that? No, I did not realize that. Yeah. Uh, I'll send you an attachment for that. It's big. This is big. Every two and a half years, Saturn, this is not the Saturn return. And in fact, just because you're 59, unless an astrologer has pointed this out to you, you uh, you have no way of knowing that you're in your Saturn return just because you're 59, but I can help you with that off there, Well, actually, I'm 58. I'm 58. I'll be 59 next month. Oh, that's Okay. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't specifically say, and a Saturn return runs about six months. So if you get in touch with me, I'll put it into my program, and we'll see if you're in your Saturn return right now. So that's one thing about Saturn. But the other thing about Saturn, the other formula, is for the last year and a half, and all the way now until December 23rd of this year, 2014, Saturn is in Scorpio, readjusting, it's huge, and you can see it all over the news with all of the NSA and the IRS and all the government and in people's lives and just that's, oh, it's just so huge. And Saturn is Scorpio. Then, in December 23rd of this year, it's going to leave, ears open, it's going to leave temporarily, Saturn is going to leave Scorpio and go forward into Sagittarius until June of 2015, and so rock and roll is going to start happening in Sagittarius's lives, and bless their hearts, if they are also on their Saturn return, they should get their dancing shoes on, then in June of 2015, you know, Saturn's going to say, you know, I have a couple more things to finish up in Missy Scorpio. I'm going to go back into Scorpio for a few months, wrap it up, finish it up, take care of some details, and spin around and go right back into Sagittarius for about two years. And then Sagittarius's lives are going to be rock and roll. And so, therefore, you are in a really powerful time of your life. If on, just from that, just from that. It, and you are in a six-personal year of dealing with relationships, marriage, family, things along those lines, and I agree uh, 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 that you, yeah, you're going to watch your house coming up here, but there is what is called the universal law of tenfold return, and when the soul wants us to learn and grow spiritually, it will create those emotional situations first to get our attention and, okay, are you going to learn from this? And if not, it filters out into the environment that comes back in our face to experience. If we don't get the growth issue that time, soul takes a little break. Okay, usually six months. Amps it up tenfold and brings it around again from a different angle. And if we don't get it from that angle, they'll take off, they'll rest a little bit. The soul, your soul, my soul, every soul called the universal law of 10-4, and they'll keep amping it up, amping it up, 
until I have clients who are coming to me, the stages in their life where they're like metaphorically bleeding at the wrists, I don't understand what's going on. And it's because they're bullheaded. They didn't pay attention. Well, now who needs that aggravation? This is why in the middle lane of life we go through a lot of this. And so as it comes around again as a learning issue, we recognize that, uh-uh, I get that, I learned that. And it comes back, if they really have learned it, it's still going to rotate around. For instance, um, my radio show this on Wednesday is going to be about the number 14-5 and abuse. It's huge in women's starts, the letter N. It's huge. And so if the soul doesn't take its power in an abusive situation, you and I both know that it just amps up and amps up and amps up. Well, he just pushed me. But the next time he slapped me. And then the next time this and the next time this and then, of course. And so, and so... I would say that, uh, one, I'll help you all that I can. (laughs) And secondly, there's some exciting stuff going on in the universe. I think it will stabilize by the the end of July. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, it's just, I mean, when you look at the Grand Cross that came about and all four cardinal signs, you know, astrological signs being involved in that lineup. And I mean, the one analogy that I heard that I just love the most is it's like when a little baby is in their crib and they're looking up at a mobile. And if the mobile becomes a little too far unbalanced, it's like lopsided. And so you put it back to center and then you, you know, then there, everything's flowing and bouncing, you know, as it should, you know, evenly. And that's, you know, that when you talked about Pandora's box, I feel like that's what we have all been through. And it's like, are you going to get serious or not? But the whole Sagittarius thing that you're talking about with, you know, Sagittarius is love to play and they're half horse, half man. Let's get going. And this is the year of the horse this year. You know, so we're all in, like, major movement. Like, really get going with why you're here. And major growth. Yeah, I guess. To, to growth and go and to go with the flow and to take your hands off it. But I personally, uh, um, I read certain books that I've probably read repeatedly, and I call them my tune-up books. Because even though you and I know a lot of this theoretically and we try to crash, there are times, just like with our cars, that we need some tune-up. And so the important thing that I am just getting tuned up about again is to, Elizabeth, because I'm an Aries, take your hands off of it. You're not in charge. Just do the work in front of you, set your intention for the highest good and greatest joy, and allow, and that's the buzzword. Because people who are shakers and movers, especially fire signs, they are blowtorches, and they have the patience of pit vipers. And so, therefore, the big lesson for fire signs particularly is to shut up, sit down, set your intention, and allow it to evolve, allow it. And when a shaker and a mover, perhaps someone that I'm chatting with on the radio right now, doesn't (laughs) sit down and shut up and allow, then the spirit says, well, okay, we tried to warn you, now break your ankle, Uh, throw your knee out. Uh, walk slower or will cramp up your money so that it forces you to focus and discipline and make every I mean they have their little tricks and and that's how I've known it's funny it's funny that you said everything you said because and I took notes on all of this because you know I'm a visual at any rate what did I put in all caps with a star next to it with a box around it allow (laughs) I know I totally agree Not allowing is an ego trip control issue. I have to do it. I have to control this. I, I, I. And spirit says, and and you are who? And you are who? Yeah. So allow the universe. It's it's an effort, but it's a choice. Okay, fine. I'm doing all that I can. I'm going to make today the best that I can. Do the work in front of me, and if that means scrubbing the kitchen floor. I'm going to achieve that, and I'll allow for the progression. Easier said than done. 
Okay, so Elizabeth, I, if you would be kind enough, share a couple of your tried and treasured tune-up books, if you would, for our listeners that are like maybe saying, gosh, I wonder what she reads when she needs inspiration or to just get back in the flow. What, what are a couple of your favorite books that you turn to? Oh, let me go. I particularly, right now I'm reading uh, Randolph Price's book on abundance. Oh, that's a great book. It's a a lot of little paperback books, but they're classics. In fact, Randolph Price's Super Beings was the first book that was put in my hands in the 80s, and it was so over my head, it was like, okay, fine. But he is one of my favorites, because I like esoteric things. You know, I like spiritual kind of things. Anything you know, I heard him speak. I, I just want to interrupt really fast. Um, I heard him speak one time, and he he's a fascinating guy. He had written, like, uh, before The Super Beings, he'd written two or three other successful books, and someone asked, well, do you, are you retired now? He says, are you kidding? He says, I got up at four in the morning and wrote before I went to my regular job, and I'm still, still as successful as he was, he was still working his regular job because, you know, he says it doesn't just happen overnight, and it's a practice and a discipline. Yes. And, and when the thoughts come, because as you know, I'm a writer, and thank you for allowing me to be in your publication. Oh, I am grateful. Uh, uh, there, there are times when I am, and my webmaster just gets a hoot and a holler, but I'm writing at 3, 4 in the morning. I didn't know yeah. he was. My heavens. Well, anyway, uh, Randolph Price, uh, John Randolph Price, I like everything by Ernest Holmes. Everything by Ernest Holmes. Creative Mind and Success, uh, 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 the classics. You know, it's the same. I had a professor in college that said, there's nothing new under the sun, just new labels. And so the theory, the belief systems, they are universal. They've been around for gazillions of years. And folks need to find an author that speaks their language, mm-hmm. that says the same, teaches the same spiritual philosophy and thought, but speaks in a context and explanation that they can relate to. And that is the author. I also am a devotee. I teach workshops and what have you for the ancient I Ching. That has changed my life. And I teach that I'm very, very, very specific as to translations of the ancient I Ching that is used. But that is thousands of years old, and it has worked for me like a charm. Yep. It has taught me to allow. Right. You know, and it's funny, you know, the the book that many are aware of, uh, The Law of Attraction that came out, um, you know, by Jerry and Esther Hicks. It's so interesting. After they wrote that book, they realized, you know, as has been demonstrated so many times, once you learn to tap into, you still have to be willing to allow. And so, like, many times they've done studies on people who win the lottery or come into this huge amount of money, and then they just don't know how to handle it, and away it goes. And so they wrote the second book, the deliberate art of allowing. And I've never forgotten how, you know, that was like that's the next phase. Yeah, you can learn to manifest. You can learn all these things. But if you're not willing to receive it and then do the good with, you know, what comes from receiving, the whole deal is not to have but to manifest and then help the world be a better place. At least that's my take on it. And mm-hmm. um, but, but I think that so many people – you know, just get confused by the basic principles. And, you know, I, I'm rereading Think and Grow Rich. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the guy just talks over and over about the spiritual principles that are just like the basic, base, it's, it's not a, you don't need a rocket scientist, but you do need to work with your whole energy field and your mind. I mean, that's... That's right. That's right. Another one that I'm reading that I found to be very helpful is The Millionaire Mind. Uh, um, yes. That book is in another room, and uh, right off the top of my head, I don't recall that. But these are all principles. It's one thing to manifest, but once you manifest, then then what kind of thing? And, And it's all about people taking their power. Now, I will tell you from a numerological point of view that in most women's chart, the birth name, as I said, is the tools that are coming in here. And in most women's charts, the number eight is missing of emotional empowerment. And it ties in with the number three of their values, 
And that is what created the nasty abuse of karma in other lifetimes. Now, the caveat to that is, yes, they were in the Piscean age perhaps as a female, where society and relationships did not give them an opportunity to be empowered females. But now we're in the Aquarian age. And the Aquarian age is the age of the feminine energy. And these sweet souls are coming in here with their thumbs in their mouths, learning easy way or hard way, number one, to take their emotional power back from society, from abusive situations, then handle their money, then do this. And so I would say that the number eight of, of which is money, power, and authority, but it always comes from emotional empowerment first. That's interesting. That is just, you know, just fascinating. And it makes sense. Yes. Numerology, at least the way I do it, uh, is, is I try very hard to be as clear and, and non-technical as possible with my clients. They're interested in, here's my issue and how do I resolve it and how do I move on. So my work is helping to identify the issue that they're moving through now, what, what brought this issue about, how long is it going to last, what am I supposed to do with this, and then what is the next step. So I love my readings. I love doing the natal readings where the blueprint readings, the big picture, and then the transit readings, which covers 12 months of and you know, I load people up. Everything is recorded. You've heard how how I just never stop talking to you. But <laughs> I re- I record everything. They get a download. They get a CD. They get astrology booklet. They get a numerology booklet. It takes me two hours of work from beginning to end for every client I have. Wow. Two hours. Ha. Huh. So. You are in service in the highest order. And, Elizabeth, please um, please give our listeners your website, your radio show time, your blog, everything. Let's get all – and actually, I think that's all on your website, isn't it? I have two websites. One okay. is elizabethsummers.com, S-U-N-M-E-R-S, like the season, .com. Everything is on there. I have pages and pages and pages and some videos even. Mm-hmm. And they can contact me there and or – they can go to my new website called themagicalworldofnumbers.com. Now, uh, I am no longer on one of the radio stations that seems to pop up there. So be sure it's themagicalworldofnumbers.com, brand new, love it, totally different look, and information all about how to order readings. I am a channel. We do channeling readings also. I do channeling readings. Well, I say we because we all work together. <laughs> you and your you and the, the band, the band that comes along, yes. Yeah, it, it, it's, a little, it's a little groupy thing in my office when I do my channelings. It's just so fun. Oh. And, and uh, uh, yes, and that, and all they have to do is pick the reading that they want. It'll say numerology reading or medium channel, and scroll down. I have I made it as simple as possible for my people to get in touch with me because not everybody is has six Microsoft certificates in computer work. You know what I mean? And I me totally know. Wow. Well, you are just fabulous. I, you know, and listeners, you'll be able to read Elizabeth's articles each and every month at spiritseeker.com. And um, the the, art, the article this month is about May being the, the the number five and all the information that goes along with this. It's a fascinating article, and I'm a five timing cycle, so it was like especially pertinent to Cindy Meyer here. But um, I just want to, you know, thank all of you listeners and be sure to share the link to the show. All you have to do is, and the other thing is, is if you favorite the show, Blog Talk really likes that they know that they know you're listening but they also like you to actually go in and favorite the show um the other thing i want to announce is that next week uh i am starting the first in a nine-month series of each month i will be covering one area of the feng shui bagua uh and next week i'm starting with uh the wealth corner so if you are not able to be on the show live next week with your questions by all means email me your question to info info at spiritseeker.com i will address that question 
on the air. And so, um, so it's going to be a series of, of nine different talks about the nine areas of the Bagua, starting with uh, the May show. Okay, well, I cannot thank you enough, Elizabeth. You are just fabulous, and I'm so glad you found your way to Spirit Seeker. And um, just from my heart to yours, thank you so much for all you're doing and for, for all the help that you're offering to so many. Much love and gratitude and hugs to everyone who's listening, and especially to you, Missy Cindy Meyer. Blessings. (laughs) Goodbye. Thank you. All right. Goodbye, everyone.